On this episode of Pack It Up Pod, we preview our week six matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you haven't already, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our new website, PackersPodcast.com. Jones, look at that balance! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Mm, mm, mm. Fresh hey, off hey, the bye. Hey. How did you guys spend your bye weekend? I uh, worked a lot. I helped somebody move. I'm really sore. Oh. I nice. also uh, prayed that we didn't play because it was a miserable week end of uh, football between injuries, more COVID, mm. delays. I No. Not interested in yeah, Josh made me feel bad. He went and saw people. I just watched more football. <laughs> <laughs> Excited for the pack to be back, though. It looks like they're uh, rounding into shape. Is it weird that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for so long were in the NFC Central? Yes. Is that weird no, to think about I loved like it. now? That- I loved it. <laughs> I loved it back then with Warren Sapp and Brett Warren Favre. Warren Sapp you guys and Chad Clifton. That? <laughs> Those are great days. I miss it. I wish they were still in the central. Here's was, here's the question. Out, outside of Trent Dilfer, name one Buccaneer quarterback. Uh, That's right. Brad Johnson just came to oh. me. Boy, name another one. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, it's crazy because they played uh, three times in 1998, and then they've only played three times in the last 10 years. So wow. it's – it's pretty crazy, but we'll jump right into it. Uh, the Packers have won the last three matchups against the Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks come into this game. I thought we were pretty certain that they were going to be feeling good, that they were going to be all right at four and one after a slow week one. And then they lose to the Bears. And it wasn't pretty. 20 to 19 at home. So now the Packers come to town with, uh, I think, Dan, you mentioned it, the amount of first and second rounders on this Buccaneers team is absolutely incredible. Injuries, like I guess anybody else in the league, is Godwin going to be in? Vita on their defensive side is out, which is huge in terms of getting the Packers running game going. So let's continue with this defense that the one stat that really stands out on the page to me is, 58 yards against in rushing per game this year just seems outstandingly low. Uh, It's number one, obviously, in the NFL. I think they're number two overall in terms of yards against. But what do you guys make of this Buccaneers defense? Well, I I got a question, and it, it, it sort of correlates to the 58 yards per game, too. But overall, before we get into the detailed section of this, are the Buccaneers good or not? Yes oh, or yes. no question. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Because they're, you know, take off the name Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and look at a three and two record with those wins as Panthers, Broncos, Chargers, and the losses are Saints and Bears. I don't know if I'd call that a good team on paper, just looking at the schedule. 
I think so. I first of all, Saints had Michael Thomas when they played Tampa Bay Week One, correct? I, I believe. Um, correct. So, so completely different there. The Saints are a completely different team than Michael Thomas. But and and the Bears, I think we're discrediting the Bears a little bit. Uh, the the team no is is a lot better yeah. than I think we're giving them credit for. So oh, I I gave them credit in our last podcast, but they also faced the Panthers with no Christian McCaffrey. That helps the 58 yards per game. And when they played the Chargers, Eckler got hurt early in the game. So that helps the 58 yards per game. Yeah, and they really haven't played a, a rushing team, you know, per se. You know, in most of the games that they played, they were mostly shootouts. I think most of them were in the high 30s. Um, I would agree. They're, they're, they're going to be a good test for us. I just want to throw that question out to start. But on the 58 yards per game, Jason Pierre-Paul of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's on a new team every year. So this year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers was quoted this week saying, nobody can run on us. And that's with Vita Via gone 347 pound guy in the middle that that essentially was their Kenny Clark if you haven't watched much of the Buccaneers or or know who Vita Villa is he was their Kenny Clark that demanded a double team on every play and freed up these two exciting linebackers they have that we'll talk about without him in the game we have to establish a running game yeah there's there's no question if, if we can't get a running game going against <clears throat> this team without via uh the, I, I guess pierre paul's right right but uh other than that in their in their secondary though I, you know they're they're very strong in the middle like we've been talking with the linebackers but i wanted to point out a couple guys in the secondary that aren't name brand guys you know one that w- should be covering um adams quite a bit carlton davis um, he's had a really good young career it's his third year in the league um, and he's already had three interceptions on the year, leading the league, tied for first. Um, and he, from the film that I've seen, I watched three different games, and he's on the hip of whoever he's guarding. And normally it's the number one guy. Um, Allen Robinson was last week. Allen Robinson did have a good week, but it was most off coverage, uh, zone coverage that they were, which they normally don't play. Um, so I, I think that uh, there could be a interception sighting uh, with Carlton Davis because he just finds the way to be in the right spot at the right time. Um, but uh, but another that's, guy that I wanted to bring up in the that's, hold on. Let me, okay, let okay, me, I'll stop. I'll stop there. I'll stop. <laughs> let me uh, first of all, you jumped over the linebackers, which we need to highlight. But no, we'll come you, back. That's a lot of high praise for Carlton Davis, who's young. He is a second round pick. We can highlight that all of these guys we're going to talk about were first or second round picks. That's I call that the Jameis Winston effect. Uh, but both him and the the opposite corner, Sean Murphy Bunting, are both taller, lankier corners, six mm-hmm. foot and six foot one, and they excel in press coverage. Against the Bears, for some reason, they were in a – it felt like a relaxed zone. They were mm-hmm. saying, you can't beat us deep. We're going to keep everything in front of us and try to force some punts. I don't expect that, right? You expect to see them playing in our face again and pressing? Yeah. But, yeah, they were allowing stuff over the middle left and right, and they there's no way they try to allow that against Green Bay. There's no but, way. But you're giving Carlton Davis credit because Devontae's back, newsflash. So if PFF says Carlton Davis is going to shadow Devontae Adams, most likely they projected that. And you think he'll get a pick in that situation as well? I, I think he'll have an opportunity. I mean, he, he has been shadowing every wide receiver he's covered this year. I mean, he looks he looks very good. 
I'm going to disagree. I will politely disagree. Aaron Rodgers literally has not thrown a single ball that has been graded as an opportunity to intercept. I think that stat may change this week, but I don't think it's because of Carlton Davis. I think if he's going to press Devontae, he's going to have his hands full. It'll be a good matchup to watch. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited for that. I I think they need to press this week. They they played relaxed against the Bears, and it was strange to see on film. You're just like, why are you respecting Nick Foles and the Bears yeah. wide receiver? I mean, yeah. Allen Robinson is good, but why are you playing so far off of them? And Foles took advantage. He hit a lot of shots on the sideline, sort of taking advantage of that zone gap. So if they if they do it again, I have total faith, obviously, that Rodgers can take advantage. But I, I expect them to be uh, much more in our face and press coverage. But I think with Devontae on a young corner, even though he's shown some promise, you still got a shade of safety over the top. Now yeah. the the press coverage against MVS has shown to be able to lock him up and shut him down. But, man, all you got to do is beat it twice, MVS, and you'll be deep with no safety. So that could be exciting as well. Oh, yeah. I think our, I think our running backs could have a field day and tight ends again. Um, Ooh, but. I- Oh man, we disagree about a lot today. I like oh. it. I don't. I don't. I don't think our tight ends are in for a big day. So, I mean, let's talk these linebackers real fast. The the middle yeah, linebacker. Yeah, roll through them. Roll through. The middle linebackers. It's it all starts with Levante David. Um, I, I think he's a team captain. If he's not, he should be. Uh, super fast, good in coverage, sideline to sideline, solid tackler. You're gonna see a, and hear a lot of them. Number fifty four. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, you will be by Sunday evening. But then their second linebacker could probably be our starter. He's a second-year middle linebacker out of LSU. Uh, get this. I think they were both first-round picks. Devin was a first-round fifth overall uh, just two years ago, right? So yep. they're both real good in pass coverage. They, they come up and fill the gap in the running game. Now, without Vita Via, the gap is not going to be as large. They're not going to demand that double team on the inside on every play. But in the pass game, I'm interested to see if they can lock down the linebackers – or <laughs> the linebackers, the tight ends of the Green Bay Packers – We've we've schemed them open on on all these play calls that we've been praising from from Lafleur and team this year, uh, but these linebackers are fast and they can hang with within. It's going to be interesting to see if our tight ends can can duplicate the success they've had early in the year. I do think the tight ends are going to be big. I I, I really assuming that Adams is a hundred percent or about as close as it is. I mean, you look at these games, they're. Tampa Bay is going to let somebody in this wide receiver crew get wild. I mean, you look at even the last two weeks, Robinson had 10 catches for 90 yards. Keenan Allen the weekend before had eight catches for 62 yards. This seems like the perfect scenario for Adams to just find that soft spot in the secondary and just clip away yards after yards after yards, similar to how he had it kind of early in the season to, to kind of kick this whole thing off of. He'll find a way to get open, and it might not be that deep shot, but that's MVS's zone anyways. But this linebacker crew from top to bottom is outstanding. I think the secondary is coming into their own. But a healthy Adams takes away an enormous amount of pressure. And if we're talking about the amount of of confidence that the remaining group has gotten over these last three weeks, it's – it should be really, really fun to see. Does Tanyan continue to go? Does MVS continue to go? Uh, I, I want to see more of, of the backfield, specifically Jones. I mean, it's been really Jamal being the catching threat. If we can get these guys going, 
I just think that we have a chance to take care of, of Tampa Bay's secondary, um, especially with kind of how familiar they are with packing the box in certain areas. Yeah, especially getting their safeties in man coverage. Their safeties are great uh, in supporting the run, blitzing, and in zone. But whenever they're in man coverage, they're a little slow. And our running backs and I think our tight ends could easily win a matchup uh, one-on-one versus any of the safeties. Yeah, the the Bears did that with Antoine Winfield. Uh, He's their promising young safety rookie out of Minnesota. He's undersized at 5'9", but he's had an uber-productive career in college when he wasn't injured and a nice start to his NFL career. Uh, the son of a former NFL player, I, I expect him to have a 15-year, you know, super productive career. But what the Bears did was they split out Corderell Patterson, their running back slash wide receiver. And as soon as they saw Winfield had to come up and play him like a corner and, and essentially press him, they just went to Corderell. So um, mm-hmm. Whitehead sort of played like that deep safety in a cover one look, a, a little like the Adrian Amos would on our side where Winfield was the savage comparable. He's the guy that might come mm-hmm. into the box and mix it up a little bit. I agree with you that that's going to be, I think, the the matchup to take advantage of. The The corners are going to press and be aggressive, but I, I think you can free someone up on the safeties. And you're also going to have to worry a little bit about Tampa's uh, ability to get in the backfield. They're fourth in the NFL at three and a half sacks per game. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, we see a little bit of some of the same things we saw in Atlanta where Rogers, not necessarily scrambling for his life, but he's going to get out of the pocket a few times. So it'd be interesting to see if he gets that eight yard clip or if he finds kind of that crossing route with any of the guys we just mentioned before. Yeah. And it's not just like one or two guys that are getting pressure. I mean, it's seven guys that have multiple sacks on it. Well, now six V is out, but you know, six guys on their team that have multiple sacks. So it's coming from everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our defense, uh, who it, the one kind of scary note, although we're, it sounds like we're going to back, which is huge. But now Kevin King looks to have a quad that he has not practiced this week. How do we feel about the ability to handle this this Tampa Bay offense that probably uh, circa 2012 would have been just an absolute beast uh, but has found moments where they've been exciting and then also moments where they've completely stalled out. You know, if Kevin King is a go, I, I would, I, yes, if he's a go, I would say, I think this is a chance for our defense to ball out. Um, I, I, I understand that they do have a decent running game. Uh, um, he's he's picked up Ronald Jones has picked up in the past two two weeks uh, getting I think over 200 yards in of his total of 359 in the past two weeks um, so I mean they've they've picked up some steam in the run game but I think with having Kenny Clark back and the experience that the interior lineman got even Lan- I, I brought up Lancaster Lancaster has looked decent mm-hmm. when he has been in this year i mean last year he was getting run over he, i mean he's owning his own this year and having that experience and that confidence knowing that you can accomplish it and pull it off i think is going to show off and show up in this game um especially at linebacker too even if uh kamal martin only plays five five snaps and you know and gets in there and gets to do something i think that's very exciting um, so I, I'm excited to see, but I, I expect big things out of our defense this week. 
Yeah, Josh just broke news. Kamal Martin and Equinemia is back off of IR. So let's see if they get some snaps. Uh, <laughs> see if they get some snaps beyond Give them special teams. So, so you're going with the confident approach. I was going to ask, I mean, I could see the Buccaneers scoring anywhere from 10 to 40 points. They, they have an offense that you can be scared of, and at the same time you can look at it through a different lens and say – you know, the Packers should really excel against this team. Um, one of the reasons I'm more confident than uh, maybe I should be is Kenny Clark. And I read a stat when I was doing some research for this. Kenny, the Packers pressure rate without Kenny Clark was 22 percent. The pressure rate with Kenny Clark was 36 percent. So almost a 15 percent increase when you got Kenny Clark sucking up that double team in the middle and Ryan, as a Patriots, as your second team guy, what's the one way to beat Tom Brady from a pass rush perspective? You just have to make a move anyway. Just Pressure like, up the middle. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere pressure on the outside the and middle. he falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. If you can pressure him up the middle, uh, that that has historically been uh, the weakness of the greatest quarterback of all time. I'll I'll say it out loud for you. Respect to the man. But if you can pressure him up the middle, uh, that's how you're going to get him out of his game. So they really have like two Lamborghinis at wide receiver or a Lamborghini and like a a muscle car of some sort, right? Like Mike Evans being that. But Chris Godwin has been limited in practice. But if he's out there, he's your deep threat. I think he's the guy Kevin King hopefully is matching up with. And Jair's going to shadow Mike Evans from what I can understand. And I'd love to see that matchup because Mike Evans is what, like top eight wide receiver at worst? Yeah, I think he gets a goose egg again. Maybe better than that, but boy, I hope primetime Josh shows up because this is is a huge showdown. If he can shut down Calvin Ridley one week and then hold Evans to, you know, three catches for 40 yards – but both these guys can get deep. Both these guys can jump over you and get a ball. Uh, it's going to be a real matchup for them. And I think our safeties get stretched and tested because Brady has a better arm than Breeze at this point where, where Breeze couldn't get deep on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady's still throwing the ball deep and, and well, and, and these guys can test them. And, and they still need to be honoring the run. This run game is scary. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to tell you right now, Mike Evans will not get a goose egg. <laughs> <That's not. laughs> yeah, Mike that's Evans, a good bet. And I think week three was completely unhealthy. He he was he was used as a decoy, and in his decoy, he caught two touchdown passes. They were both two yards each. But he, the fact that the man just needs to be on the field and he has mm-hmm. the ability to catch the football is unreal. And, and Dan, you started to lead into it. Ronald Jones has played far better than I think anybody would have expected. He showed glimpses in the past seasons. Everybody thought, well, once Fournette gets into a new system, breaks away from Jacksonville, just clean slate, he'll be fine. Ronald Jones has still carried the rock relatively well this year. Uh, I just yeah. – I, I I worry that, yes, I think we can pressure Brady. I feel like this is the game that Preston will finally break out of his shells. Darius will keep doing his thing. I, I do feel like we're going to get pressure on Brady, and I don't think this offensive line is that good. But we're talking about a team – if there is – Anybody that kind of matches up to the Packers in terms of they throw guys out there at wide receiver and it just kind of works. I feel like that's the way with the Buccaneers. They have guys catching Scotty. White boy Scotty catches two (laughs) games in a row of 80 yards and then nothing. Like it's just it feels like this team that this secondary, whether it's Shannon Sullivan, what 
everybody, Amos, we need an absolute game of just being stable and solid and not biting on anything and really just taking care of business because there's a whole lot of people on this team that can beat you, whether from the backfield or, or this receiving crew. So they they also get Fournette and LaShawn McCoy back in the backfield. They were out against the Bears. And it, this is the biggest thing. I actually listened to a Buccaneers podcast in order to, to do some research. Folks, I'm out there getting it from all <laughs> angles. I'm listening to some trash to sort through the weeds and, and bring the highlights to you on the Pack It Up Packers podcast. But they're actually – the Buccaneers <laughs> – fan base is actually upset with the offensive coordinator who's a familiar name byron leftwich because of his inability to commit to the run and then the host of the podcast goes well that's interesting you'd say that because the fans during the game are actually mad every time we run the ball because they expect tom brady to still be putting up you know 400 yards throwing to gronk like it's 2013 the backfield if they can commit to running the ball is super dangerous ronald jones is fast he's quick Mm -hmm. he can he can do some damage on us what he can't provide really is he's not a good pass catcher so the the traditional tom brady checking down to james white kind of mantra that we're all familiar with he doesn't provide that mccoy's more of their guy for that and then the fournette is the beat you up bruise you down take advantage of it in the fourth quarter guy so if they commit to the run from start to finish they could put up 40 because they've got their two Lamborghinis on the outside too, and they're not afraid to throw deep. They could really do some damage on us. You got to control Ronald Jones. Yeah, but if they commit to the run, I I'm all for that game. Like, go ahead, like dare, really? dare Aaron Rodgers to score more than your rushing attack. Um, I mean, that's how I feel. I, I I'm not really scared of their defense, and if they're going to commit to the run, then I think we'll just outscore them. So it, it'll be interesting. You just it'll talked about how great their defense is, linebackers and secondary uh, and pass rush. And yeah, now let's like, get to then, our picks. Let's get and then to we'll our put picks. up 57 points. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we we haven't talked about two names on the Buccaneers offense that we we can't get to our picks without highlighting. Tristan Wirfs, another. Surprise, surprise, first-round pick out of Iowa who had a a three-year college career, three-year starter the entire time, has been a a really solid rookie for them. Um, He shut down Bosa, and I'm going to blank on the other second, you know, premier pass rusher. And then he had a hard day against Khalil Mack, but Khalil Mack is top two pass rusher in the league. He looks like a vet out there. He looks like a vet. Wirfs is good said you know from the pass rush perspective on his side that'll be a fun battle to watch and then Gronkowski I hope you guys would agree with me he looks older and not able to do the things he used to do he's he's more of a number two tight end that is a willing and able run blocker and can sneak out and sort of just have that quarterback chemistry to catch some 10-15 yarders but he shouldn't be beating us deep yeah, he, he's nothing like the old Gronk. I think he's a little little out of shape uh, com- coming in this year. Too many parties. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely looked better as a um, – but I think that if the O.J. Howard injury happens sooner in the year, uh, I don't know, maybe it forces him to do a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's not – I think out of everybody that we've kind of played this year, he's probably – he might be the – "Quote unquote worst uh, tight end we go against. I feel like we've played better, yeah. but it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Is this is this the best team we've played this year? Yes, 
Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. they have a winning record. <laughs> we I mean, we played Vikings, obviously, first game, but Detroit, nothing. Atlanta, nothing. Like, it's just, Thanks, no. we, yeah, we haven't really quite yep. gotten to it yet. And if it's not the best team by whatever metric you're using, it, it's our best challenge to date. I mean, the, yeah. the matchups are scary, so. This has trap game written all over it. Not only – this is perfect for – as we head into predictions of road game against a decent team coming off of a bye. Like it's just – yeah, this – you're you know relying on Adams, Clark, all these guys that haven't played in weeks. It's, it's going to be interesting. So let's jump right into it. I believe when the line first came out, Tampa Bay was favored by two. Now Vegas has Packers by one, so a nice three-point shift, which is – Pretty solid. At one point, I actually think it was Packers by two. So yep. the money has been going heavy on Packers. Uh, yep. If you believe it all in the ESPN matchup predictor, they think that Tampa Bay is going to win. What do we think? Mm. I'd, I'd still take the Packers in this one. And I actually, looking at the Buccaneers schedule, um, I don't think you can factor in the Packer by week too much because the Buccaneers had a Thursday night game. They have as much rest as you can feasibly have with still having a game the week prior. So 10 days versus 14 days. I think everyone's rested up, ready to roll, healthy as can be. So um, the week after, though, they play the Raiders on Sunday night football, which will be a fun game to watch. But my guess is they lose the next two. And the Buccaneers are three and four, and all of a sudden the the national talk about them will be a little bit different. So, my score prediction is Buck or excuse me Packers twenty seven, Buccaneers twenty four. So I got Packers covering the spread with a little field goal. Um, I actually think it'll be Buccaneers scoring a late touchdown that makes that score closer in, in true Tom Brady fashion. You know the attempted comeback that falls short. Um, I think we actually take care of these guys and. I'm going to say Devontae's a big reason. If you're going to shadow him with a young corner that's trying to press the best route runner in the league, I'm excited about what he could put up. So I got Devontae as our MVP. Eight catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Devontae angry. Oh, he is angry. You <laughs> oh, know he he's is. hungry. He wanted to play last time, but they yes, wouldn't sir. let him. All right. All right. Getting into my picks. I got Green Bay 31 24. My reasoning behind this is literally Rodgers. And uh, and I think that our defense actually will make the big play when it matters. Um, Tom Tom Brady has been flustered a little bit this year um, in the pocket. And I I think we will get uh, pressure for the exact reason Dan brought up earlier. Kenny Clark up the middle. He is going to draw a lot of attention from that offensive line and create opportunities for either safeties, blitzing, linebackers, or just Z Smith and P Smith. So um, with that being said, my MVP, uh, Zadarius Smith, I think it just come down with two sacks, but be in the backfield a lot. But we're averaging three sacks on the year. I think we're going to get to four or five this game. So I think our whole defensive line MVP. There we go. Z Smith and P Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it said like that. <laughs> I just, it's just how it's written in my notes. I've never written it like that before either. Say, it sounds like you're just reading a box. Yeah. Z Smith, four tackles, three pressures. P Smith, three tackles, one pressure. So uh, 
I uh, I do feel good about this game, and I really do think it comes down to Brady making mistakes and, and us trying to kind of take advantage of him, whether it is kind of feeling the pressure and making bad passes. It is incredible because I think everybody assumes, and he's a great quarterback, and he's going to be always in that conversation of greatest all time, until you realize he, has a, he actually has quite a bit of interceptions. He almost has double the interceptions as Rodgers. It's just – it's kind of crazy from that standpoint but i i think our offense continues to do what they need to do i think they're going to get such a huge boost out of adams being back i'm so excited to have kenny clark back in the middle so hopefully uh hopefully rashawn gary is in there as well but i I just finally feel like the smiths are going to come through i have packers 34 bucks 27 uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a slow start by the Packers and it really is the second half we come out with those adjustments and that's when we start pulling away and taking care of business. But I wish this was a home game at Lambeau and I'd feel much, much better. Um, but I do think the Packers go to 5-0. and I wish you were going to this game. We were supposed to be going to this game. <laughs> yeah. what's, the, what's the Tampa fan situation? Are they filling the stadium? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it. There was definitely a push by the governor to have fans, mm-hmm. and then uh, University of Florida made a very big deal about how they wanted that, and we know how that happened. So uh, I don't believe that that fans will be present. I think if anything, it's probably that ten thousand or so if you want to mm-hmm. come in. But uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting going to random Bucks games. It never is quite as full as the ticket prices would allow you to think it is but we'll see but uh that'll do it for this episode thanks everybody go pack go